Welcome to Better Family Travel with Amy and Kathleen, the podcast where we'll help you plan fun, enriching, and affordable experiences for you and your family that meet your goals. We'll ask ourselves hard questions, reveal our mistakes, and share a new perspective on what better family travel can look like for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or your journeys are just starting, you're a better family traveler just by tuning in. Welcome back to Better Family Travel. I'm Kathleen Monroe here with Amy DeCesare. And tonight we're going to talk about a topic that's very near and dear to our hearts, which is, we're calling it the F word tonight. (laughs) There's really the F number. The family of five. The family of five is a blessing and a curse all at the same time. When you're traveling, you can find someone that's going to enjoy something that you're doing. The more you have, the more options you have for enjoyment rather than your one grumpy kid, right? I look at the bright side. That's a glass half full attitude. On the other hand, the experiences of trying to pack for, anticipate the needs of, find lodging for, feed affordably five people is an undertaking not for the faint of heart. So Amy's brought with her a friend tonight who is in a similar situation. And we're going to talk a little bit about her experiences while we join in with our failures and our celebrations. Janine, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So Janine, you know, with the introduction Kathleen just said, I, I, Kathleen, like I told you, Janine and I met a couple years ago in Lake Tahoe. It was a business trip for myself and her husband. And I brought my family and she was lucky enough that they were actually just the two of them. So, but we were both turning a business trip also into a little bit. It was, you know, actually it was a great time and was one of the last times that my family traveled before COVID and we didn't even realize that. But Janine and I had a lot of great conversations at some of the events we went to talking about travel and everything else. So I thought she'd be a great guest. So Janine, why don't you tell us a a little bit about your background? So I grew up in a family of four where travel was easy. My husband and I initially said we wanted to have four children. We liked even numbers. And we started out with two. We have twins who are going to be 14 next month. And then after that, we had one more. And then we thought to ourselves, I think we're probably good here. So we stopped after that with our family of five. So we have uh, three boys. Like I said, the twins are going to be 14 next month. And 10 days after they turn 14, their little brother will turn 11. And we have been traveling with them. My youngest took his first trip at six weeks old. And our twins took their first trip at, I think, about 10 weeks old. So we've been traveling with them since the very beginning. Planes, trains, and automobiles and, and all varieties. And it's been, uh, it's been fun, good experiences. <laughs> we like to travel. Yeah. Well, you guys have done a lot of road tripping for just for to connect your family. Is that right? We do. So I grew up in Florida and my parents still live in South Florida. And we flew down with the kids the first few years when they were lap infants and it was easy. And then I think our last flight down there was when our twins were five and our youngest was two and he was still on the lap and it was okay. It was easy. And then the next time we went down, I, I somehow, I don't really know how the conversation came about, but we decided let's just drive. And then it went from let's drive down to let's drive straight down and just leave here and get there. And I think that started because 
we, from the very beginning, you know, it was great to travel at night when they would sleep in the car. And that way you could take any kind of trip and you kind of shorten it. Even though you're not making a trip shorter, it felt shorter because you didn't have to deal with children who were awake. So we used to do that at night, even when we would drive up to Massachusetts to visit my, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law or up to New Hampshire to visit our best friends. We would leave at like seven or eight o'clock at night and put the twins in their car seats in the back and they would sleep and we would get them up there and they would just continue sleeping and it was easy. So when we first decided to start driving to Florida, we did kind of the same thing and thought, well, if we drive through the night, we can get like eight hours where the kids are just out and it'll make it easier. And so we started doing that and we did that every year until pandemic last year and we had to cancel our spring break trip to Florida. And this year again, we didn't drive down, we didn't go down at all. And now we're looking ahead to next year at some point and, and whether we'll continue that tradition or not. So yes, lots of road trips. I've always, it's funny because my parents live like three hours from us. So they live in Cape Cod. And so we grew up or you know, we've done many road trips and we've done down and back many times, like in one day, just so we could see them. And we went there actually this past weekend for Friday, it's, you know, through Boston, we did a loop over to see them. And Wade and I were laughing coming home because we remembered back, like it was harder traveling with them when they were littler because one, we just had more stuff. But the other part was we had to do time the travel, not only just for the traffic on the Cape, but for naps. So the coordinating of like travel and naps and sleeping was just, you know, and we're like, all of a sudden it dawned us like, oh, we don't have to worry about the that part of the travel piece, you yeah. know? Flying with, with, with infants and with toddlers is so much different too than flying when they get older. We flew when they were really little and keeping them busy, keeping enough snacks, keeping a change of clothes, keeping diapers, it never failed. We would get on an airplane and sit down and, and the seatbelt light would go on and we'd take off and instantly someone would poop in their diaper and you have to try to like tell the flight attendant, I'm sorry, I really do need to get up because nobody around me needs to smell this. Yeah. I got to get this kid into a bathroom. That was difficult. <laughs> and then we flew. So they were really little. And then we flew again. They were four and, and seven. We flew to California for my brother's wedding. And at the seven, you know, they did all right. And, you know, they, they could entertain themselves with books and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then we haven't flown again with them until last week. And now at 13 and 10, this is the first time they've been on an airplane since they were a lot younger. And it was fantastic because they all have their own devices. And, yeah. you know, rules about electronics have really become very relaxed in our family, as probably with many families over the course of the last year. Yeah. So we were like, just get on the plane, sit down. We'll see. We'll, you know, our mom's going to take a nap. Dad's going to watch a movie. And, you know, we'll be there in four hours. Yeah. Um, so it was great because, yeah, the independence level. And even with car trips, it's the same thing now. You know, they get in the car and they've got you know, somebody's got a Chromebook or they've got an iPad or a phone that they've downloaded stuff on and they put their earbuds in and it's much quieter and much easier. We've learned how to you know, make sure every kid has their own bag that has any kind of device they want, chargers, headphones, snacks, drinks, gum, anything that they need. It's all self-contained right there. So they can just be in their little space. And it's like and a hiking good. survival kit, but it's, it a, it's a travel survival kit with tech. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I have a logistics question about both cars and planes. We talked to another guest, Charles Daniels, who in, in their family, interestingly enough, they rent a car for their, yeah. for their road trips because they don't want to put the mileage on their car. Plus they could get something a little bit roomier for their large family. So I was just curious, what kind of car, what kind of vehicle did you take when they were little? Have you changed your method over time? 
It's so we actually, when my twins were, I think two, we got a minivan. Our car had been in an accident. We needed to replace it anyway. And at that point we knew we were going to want to have another child. And I said, if we're going to get something, we might as well get something now we're going to have for a long time. So we went ahead and got a minivan and we had it for five years. And then, you know, that was, you know, it, it was a Honda. It went forever, but we were, it was getting to the point where we were going to have to start putting some money into it. And we said, do we want to keep this or go to something else? And we went to an SUV at that point, but we needed a third row. We knew we had to have a third row so we had pilots we had two in a row and then just a year and a half ago right after lake tahoe actually we came back we went car shopping and we needed we wanted something better or something bigger again my last car was hitting its end of its useful life and we needed to replace it so we we weren't ready for we didn't want to go back to a minivan but we <laughs> ended up with we were looking at a couple of cars we looked at the newer pilot um, but we wanted something that had the third row we wanted something where the third row was on the same platform level as the rest of the car and it wasn't like a higher platform where your knees are you know up like i'm short i'm five two and if my knees are in my chest when i'm sitting in the back row there's no way my teenage son soon to be five and a half six feet tall is going to be able to fit back there. no way so that really narrowed our search and it helped us out but we did pick a car that has a comfortable roomy third row and it also has a longer wheelbase so behind the third row even when the third row is up i can fit like last week going to the airport i fit four carry-on suitcases in the rear of my suv behind the third row while it was up wow um, and it was great so that is incredibly important we needed something with a roof rack because we have when we've done long trips we've discovered that a roof rack is great you can put a lot of stuff in there and then all we have to put in the car is you know the snack bag and then each kid has their backpack and then my husband and i will share a backpack because one of us is always driving um do you have so a container another we do we, car? yeah 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 do it you was, have a we actually i was driving down my street one day and i saw it on the side of the road and i thought hmm and i grabbed it because you know when stuff is sitting on the side of the road day before trash day it's fair game and so that's how we got ours and it was locked and the joke was we wonder what we're going to find inside when we finally get it open but that's how we got our roof rack and it's been fantastic but we did actually we when we were in lake tahoe we rented uh, we ended up with a minivan just because that's what they had and we were in it and my husband is six two i'm five two but he's six foot two so he needs space and he kept saying he's like God, there's so much leg room this is great this is wonderful and we threw all our stuff in the back and we taking that car because we drove the entire lake when we were there we wanted to sightsee and we wanted to you know just see all these cute little towns and everything and, and check it all out and we really liked the roominess and we decided on that trip that for our next road trip we were going to rent a minivan again and we were going to do that because again if I'm driving 1,300 miles and back, I'd rather put it on somebody else's car than on yes. mine. Yeah. And the minivan, even though we have a roomy SUV and our SUV, like we'll drive to the Cape and back. We will drive to DC. We'll drive to Philly. I'm going to Boston this summer. We'll take it on like three, four, five hour road trips and it's fine. But when we're going to do, especially if we're going to do 24 hours in a car, the minivan's going to be key. So we rented one when we were in Colorado last week and it was great. And we will do the same thing probably for the longer car ride. But your perception of what's a long car ride totally changes after you do those 24 hour trips. Like now, five hours to the Cape is nothing. It's like nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because this before, isn't life just becoming before COVID and after COVID or during, I guess during New right BC. now. But, BC right? Before, BC. COVID, before COVID. So we were faced with my kid's April vacation, which would have been 2020. And it was a really long vacation because of how Easter and Good Friday felt. It was like you had a half day Thursday, all day Friday, and then the whole week. So as I, you know, because 
I'm the type who's like looking ahead at the school calendar, like I, when it comes out like a February before, and I'm like, how am I going to occupy themselves for like that many days? Like how how possibly couldn't we occupy three kids in our house for like seven days in the house? That's crazy. Who could do seven days at home? That's insane. So I was kind of talk weighed into like doing a road trip. His dad lives in Florida, and I'm like, you know, because again, we we've flown, we have flown a little more often with the family of five but it, I mean it just adds up like the second you add the flight for five of us like it's hard to go anywhere where like the flights are not like a minimum like two grand just and then you have to rent the car when you get there so we were thinking about it and starting to plan it out and the problem is and I would love to hear your thoughts on this so here's our specific it, I don't sleep well in the car but I'm tired at night and so but Wade will fall asleep while driving <laughs> so I truly can't rest and relax and let him do it because he has fallen asleep driving like a couple times that's scary so i think i would have to like i have to stay awake no matter what whether i'm the driver or he's the and that was the part that i was still trying to work out like how would i do it we got it down to a science after the first couple of years so usually what we do is we drive down straight through and then coming back we would split it up and do it over two days okay. um only once we left florida at like 7 a.m. because we were planning to drive as far as we couldn't stop. We were like six hours in and Seth said, he's like, why don't we just keep on going? And we did. And that was, we won't, that was a mistake. Like normally what we do is we wait, we leave in the afternoon. So the kids finish school at, you know, 2.30, 3 o'clock. And I've got the car packed. Literally, they mm -hmm. get off the bus, they go to the bathroom, they get in the car and we leave. Yeah. And so I am a night owl. Seth is an early to sleep person. Yeah. So usually like we will get in the car and I will take the first shift from like three to about six and then we'll stop and have a nice dinner. Like we, sit, we go to a sit down restaurant, we have dinner, we go in the bathroom, the kids brush their teeth. And if they're not already in something comfortable, I'm like, go put on pajama pants. And I love get back it. In the car, and then he'll drive from like seven to about like 10. And I try to rest then. Like I can't sleep because I'm not sleepy, but I'll try to at least like close my eyes and just kind of like mellow myself out. And then around 9 30, 10 o'clock, he gets sleepy because that's his normal bedtime. But I wake up at 9 30 at night and I'm like, oh, good, let's go. <laughs> so we will pull over and that's like last bathroom break, guys. And, you know, if they hadn't brushed their teeth, we'll do it then. And then we switch and I then will drive from like 10 until I get sleepy, which is usually sometime around one or 2 AM. Um, I've also learned that, and this is, you know, trial and error, I can try and error, I wouldn't say error part, but it's trial. Chewing bubble gum keeps me wide awake. I used oh. to suck on sweet tarts and I would go through a box and my tongue would get that fuzzy numb feeling after you have too many. <laughs> so I switched to bubble gum at some point. Um, or Bubblelicious, one of those ones from like when we were kids. Yeah. And I chew gum. And then I also, over the last, like the last two or three times, two times, I think we did it. I plug my phone in. I put one earbud in because I, the one, you know, my left ear and not my right ear. So I can yeah. hear everybody in the car, but I plug one earbud in and I listen to like the soundtrack of something. And the last couple of times it was Hamilton. It's something that, you know, it's lively and I can kind of in yeah. my head sing along yeah. a little bit. I was doing books on tape. And that was making me sleepy. Just listening to somebody talk, I can't. I yeah. have to have music that keeps me alike. So I would drive until about one or two. And then when I start to get sleepy, just weird quietly, we'd pull over, I'd kind of elbow him. And then from like, I would say 2 a.m. till about 6 a.m., we would switch off every 90 minutes. And it's not, you're not getting good sleep, but you get like just enough. And usually at that point, you're tired enough or you're like, you get in the car, you're out. <laughs> but we, we just, we got into this pattern. And then once the sun comes up, you'd be surprised at how little how how 
not as tired you you are, even though you think like I only got like four hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, but just having the sun up makes you like wake up. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the day, you know, if we left at three, generally we get Fort Myers around like two, but the rest of the day, like we'd stop for breakfast and then each of us kind of take turns and we would doze, but you know, we, we keep each other awake a little bit, talk to each other. At that point, the kids are up. So we talk to them. Sometimes when we had minivan, we used to have the movie, you know, the screen. So mm -hmm. we would play through the speakers, whatever the movie was. And even though we couldn't see it because we're up front, if you put like the Goonies on or a movie that we really know were space balls or something fun like you know you can kind of listen along with it and that helps keep awake too but like we you know we got that trade-off on the driving down really well and each of us kind of learned what we need to do to be awake but it's it's not for everyone and you know we all we dread it we don't love it but for so us, the choice is it was the choice to drive it was, financially choice. driven is it to save the money on the play yeah, yeah. the plane tickets yeah i mean if i'm gonna spend i could spend you know two thousand dollars on plane tickets or i can spend a few hundred dollars on gas and fast food and we tell the kids like the difference because they don't like it that much either but they know that you know when we get to florida if we have driven then we get to go mini golfing and we go here and we can go to you know the aquarium and we can go to the zoo and we can go to the movies and we can do all these fun different things because we do travel we try to keep it on a budget you know when we do because we try to keep in mind all the other things that we have now that the kids are a little older we're trying to plan like different kinds of vacations and our budgets changed a bit and so yeah so we plan we we do that like that trip our driving trip to florida is kind of budgeted so that we can now start planning other trips that our kids want to do like going to so this year so my kids now all love to snowboard that's become something that they they, they really they love doing so we did a lot of travel this winter just from where we live in New York up to Vermont. And they were in Vermont seven, six or seven times from between January and March. So, you know, we budget for that. We, you know, we've got the hotel, we've got the car, we've got, you know, they have their ski passes, they do season passes, they do seasonal rentals for their equipment. And so, you know, we, we, we budget certain trips so that we can allow for others because now, you know, they're older, we're trying to do more with them and go more places. Yeah, winter sports aren't cheap either. So no, I can... yeah, but it's, you know, it's not bad. This is the first year we did the season pass. And that was great because it allowed us to go to a lot of different mountains and ski multiple days in a row instead of being like, how many lift tickets can we get this year? That wasn't mm -hmm. a concern this year. And it was a fantastic decision um, that we are about to repeat because we're going to purchase our season passes for next year before the end of this month. Very good. But you don't ski, right? You I don't. I don't go out in the cold. <laughs> I'm from Florida. I don't do that. I don't. I did when I first moved to New York. I tried skiing a few times and I liked it and I had fun, but the cold is a big thing for me. And I like being back in the room or at the, you know, the cabin or wherever we are. And I have, you know, hot cocoa and hot dinner ready for them. And like in Colorado last week, I hit the gym and I checked out the local shops and a girlfriend of mine who lives out there came and spent two days with us. And we had a fantastic, you know, catch up. So I don't go on all the ski trips, but when I do go, I just, I usually do, do some shopping and just relaxing. So can you talk to us a little bit, a, a little bit about what, what travel has been like? So just to back up a little bit, both Kathleen and I, you know, our kids' April vacation is coming up and independently of each other, we both sort of started to plan to do something and had plans in place. I think Kathleen might've even booked it and decided not yet. Like we just, 
not yet. So I think both of us would really love to hear what what travel's been like this winter, you know, with the skiing part and how how travel, you know, from New York to Colorado, like all of that. What's it like traveling in the age of COVID? Yeah, we were really nervous at the beginning and we weren't sure how it was going to be. I went to Vermont myself last fall for a girls weekend with my best friend. And Vermont had then and still has now, I believe, travel restrictions. So I had to go get a test. You had to, Vermont's requirements where you either had to quarantine for 14 days or you had to quarantine for seven days and have a negative test before coming to Vermont. So I quarantined for seven days and did a negative test in, in October and felt fine going. Vermont's, I checked the numbers. Vermont's numbers were very, very low. And so I was totally comfortable then. Coming back in the winter during ski season, we were like, the numbers are still low, but that's among Vermont people. We've got a lot of New Yorkers and Massachusetts people and Connecticut and who knows where else coming into Vermont for ski, for ski purposes. So the first, I'm trying to think, the first time we went, we stayed in a hotel and it was like one of those hotels where the door opens outside. So you didn't have to go into a lobby, up an elevator or anything. And we were self-contained in, you know, one room um, and it was okay. The mountains are very strict and we learned that very quickly. The mountains up there require double masking. So if you have, most people ski with like a balaclava or something over their face to protect them from the wind, you had to have a mask as well as that. And if you didn't, and they were checking, they would stop you and they would instruct you, you need to put like on the lift or something, they would tell you, you need to put it on. So they told me, like Seth told me very quickly, like they're, they're being safe. Lodges were closed. You could not go into a lodge. You can go to the bathroom and then come back out. And then for lunch, you could make reservations and you, and they limited the number of people in the lodge and you have like a table. You couldn't like, you know, you used to go in and you dump your stuff on a table in the morning and you like hold it, you know, during the day. And that's why I didn't go on a lot of the trips this year because there was no place for me to hang out. Um, Especially if they did day trips, it was silly for me to drive. Where am I going to do? I sit in the car for six hours while they're skiing. So we were nervous, but we, we followed all the requirements. We tested um, each time before we went to Vermont. If we were doing two weekends in a row or they were doing two weekends in a row, they would test, go to Vermont, come back, stay home and not go anywhere and then go back again without having to test. My kids are all remote. They don't go to school. So we weren't concerned about that. We actually were going to send our older boys back in February with second semester. And we decided not to because we were worried that they would get exposed in school and we would have to cancel a weekend ski trip. And we didn't want to risk an exposure at school and have to lose out on a weekend. And it's a good thing because there were two occasions where if they had been in our in our middle school, they would have been exposed and they would have had to cancel out on a weekend. So so Vermont we felt okay with because we were we knew the area, we kind of knew where to go. When I was on my own there um, like in shopping and stuff, every place required masks. So a lot of places, and I'm sure, Amy, you saw this on the Cape. I remember when we were in the Cape in September, every place like limited the number of people in a shop at a time. Yep. Um, we did outdoor dining and in Vermont, couldn't do that in January, February. But, you know, the couple places that we went, like all the tables around us were empty. And so we felt, we felt okay about it. And then since we were pretty much sustained to ourselves at home, you know, I do the grocery shopping. Nobody else really goes to the stores here. Seth goes to Home Depot every so often to grab something that we need for the house, but that's about it. And the kids don't really go anywhere. So we felt okay. The trip to Colorado, we really, I more than anybody else in my family, really, really debated. We had planned this trip almost a year ago and it was for my husband's birthday. 
it was the first time we're using our vacation ownership. So like hotel had been covered, like, you know, that was taken care of. And I was more nervous about the travel part than anything else. Because once we got there, I knew we were in a hotel, but it was hotel villa. So we had like a two bedroom condo with a full kitchen, two bathrooms and laundry. And like, we can literally go in and we don't have to leave if we don't want to. The gondola up the mountain was right outside the front door of the place. So I'm like, we really don't have to see anybody else. Like you go up, you come down. But I was worried about being in the airport, not even as much on the plane because I'd read a lot about like filtration and, you know, actually not being that bad on an airplane, but I was worried about the airport. So I bought, we bought the N95 masks, we bought face shields. And this time every backpack, every kid's backpack had hand wipes and hand sanitizer extra masks. And I was like, I was, I stopped. I'm like, I'm not gonna make them put on gloves. <laughs> I, like, I won't go there. I was pleasantly surprised when we got to the airport Sunday morning, a week ago Sunday, that our flight was, it was, it was like a, not early, early. We got to the airport at like, you know, nine, nine thirty for a 10 30 flight. And the airport was not crowded. We felt pretty comfortable. We had like our own little area where we were sitting over by the window, got on the plane, Felt pretty good. Got out of the airport and we flew into Vail, which is a tiny airport. Now, coming from New York, I'm used to flying, like we flew out of JFK. We're used to these big, massive terminals. That airport had like four gates total. So again, very, very empty and comfortable. And when we were out there, you know, we called to make reservations. We plan on eating in. And that's something that we also do when we travel is, you know, we like when we can get a place that has a kitchenette because especially when we ski, like we bring breakfast stuff with us. As long as we have a refrigerator and a microwave, we're mm -hmm. good for breakfast. All I need is a refrigerator because I will pack lunches every day. And that I've got down to a science now. I know exactly how much of what to pack. It goes in a backpack on my husband's back. They have everything they need for the mountain. Um, and then dinners, we try to cook and eat in as much as we can. But for Seth's birthday, we really wanted to go out someplace nice. So we were calling to make reservations. A couple places were full because they were they were limited to 25% capacity. Oh, okay. Um, so we felt like, okay, you know what? That's not bad. So we went out to dinner and, you know, this nice big restaurant, I think there were four tables that were filled. And so we felt pretty good. The difference out there, and in Colorado, they still had a mask mandate, which I think was just lifted a couple days ago, but they had a mask mandate last week. So every place had a sign that you're required to wear a mask. Saw a couple people with their masks below their nose. And I was like, yeah, you got to bring that up. But in the restaurants, they looked pretty good. So we felt okay. So we ate out, we ended up eating. We did breakfast out once. I did lunch out with my girlfriend. We were literally the only people in the restaurant. There was nobody else there. And we did the one dinner out and we felt okay. We did, did a little bit of shopping, but the stores were not full. The only place I felt uncomfortable was at Vail Village. So we stayed in Avon and they skied at Beaver Creek, which is where our, our hotel was. But because we have the season passes, our passes were good for Vail as well. So we drove over to Vail for a day. I dropped them off and then I went back to pick them up and I really wanted to wander around Vail Village because, you know, it's Vail. It should be cute, great shops and stuff. And it felt like Disney World right before the parade, oh. like Main Street, like packed. And I literally like felt like, oh my God, oh my God. But I will just say, and I should, I should have said this at the beginning, the, the main reason why I agreed to go and I felt okay doing it is because I'm vaccinated. And so is Seth. I had my second vaccine three days before we left. So I had a decent amount of protection from the first vaccine 
And I knew that even though I'm not like tomorrow, I hit my two weeks and I'm now I feel like I'm, I've got my little protective bubble around me. I already mm-hmm. felt that way. I felt a lot better because of that. Seth was one week out from his first vaccine. So again, a little bit of protection, but enough to where I felt like, okay, if God forbid something did happen, we at least, you know, it wouldn't be as severe. It would be all right. And then the kids, it's, that's the debate, but you know, they're not really immune, but they kept saying everything. You read all these different things about how it affects children. So, um, so in Vale Village, that was the one place where I was like, thank God I'm vaccinated because yeah. I felt uncomfortable. And I walked around a little bit and then they got off the mountain and, um, you know, like we found a t-shirt shop and I was like, hey guys, let's go pick out your trip souvenirs. And they did that. And then they wanted soft pretzels from the thing. So we sat down at like a picnic table and I was just like, eat and run um so that was the one place where i felt like a little like uh, too many people here and it was it was a little stressful in that respect um yeah i felt like towards the end like we'd kind of gotten not complacent but comfortable mm-hmm. so you know i wouldn't say like we would go back and do it again it was a great trip and i'm glad we went but i'm very relieved we don't have any other travel coming up right now um yeah. our next trips we're not going anywhere now until you know summer at some point when we have like the kids have summer camp and and we'll go somewhere then maybe my husband's traveling for a business trip actually it's just a couple more weeks two weeks he'll he's going and he'll be 13 days from his second shot which is the only reason that i'm not totally insane about him going because when i first found out he had to go i was like losing my mind i'm like what do you mean you know you're flying yeah i didn't Um, even buy our plane tickets until like three weeks before we left because i was so worried about it and so stressed out about it and i didn't know what to do and so i waited and i waited and i waited and i was like i really have to do like we have to just make the decision yeah Um, so yeah because it's it's a little scary now and for for Kathleen and for um, our better family traveler listeners as well, the the Marriott that's when I were one of the ways you and I first started talking about traveling was the Marriott the the village. It's you know the that's that family of five because you know I think with the family of five you you want you have the budget and you want to spend like a family of four, but they want to force you into the lodging of a family of six. Yeah, and you're like yes. I don't need that extra space. No. I when we our first trip. Our first family trip where I went up to Vermont in January, we just went to a hotel. We have, we, we, there's another, one other family that we do most of our skiing with. And so she had found, our friend had found the hotel and we're like, okay, we'll just book it. And so we booked it and they ended up, they're a family of four. They ended up with a living room, bedroom, kitchenette. We ended up in one single room for our family of five and we had a cot and this is what we do. We, so we've learned too, you can't tell a hotel that you have a family of five. You have to book for, you know, two adults, two children, or one adult and three children. And that's what I did. I booked one adult and three children. And then, oh, I decided at the last minute to join them. Can we get a cot in the room? And we, the kids were doing remote schooling from the room that day. And it was a nightmare. It was a horrible, horrible thing. Like if we had had, and I didn't know until later that day that there even had these like little mini suites, or I would have been like, I need to upgrade to this now, please. Um, That would have made the difference just having that extra space. And yes, five of us in one room is tight. So when we went back to Stowe, the second time in March, we stayed at a different hotel. We used, so not only are we Marriott owners, but we are, we have like, we have like hundreds of thousands of Marriott points because when you join, they give you lots of points. And then we have just been collecting them also over the years. So we ended up staying a little, like 20 minutes from the mountain instead of 10 minutes from the mountain. But we used, we had free certificates for free nights at Marriott. So we stayed at a Marriott property 
And they were gracious enough when we requested an upgrade to a junior, whatever they call it, suite, they gave us that. So we had two queen beds and then we had a sitting area with a pullout sofa. And that's the key thing is the yeah. pullout sofa. <laughs> it makes the difference in a lot of these spaces. So here's my thing about the pullout sofa, because I like the embassy suites because you have the room and it, it's a good deal. Except pullout sofa is in the spot I want to be in and I want to put the kids to bed and I want to hang out. And I can't get myself, I can plan my way out of a lot of situations. I'm like, but I don't want the crappy bed. I want the good bed, but I don't want to have to go to bed. Yeah. And that's where traveling with older kids is great because yeah. their bedtime is our bedtime now. And usually <laughs> Actually, Seth is the one. Seth is like, it's like 10 o'clock. He's like, oh, I gotta go to bed. And because we're like, but we're up. We know we're awake. It's a weekend. We're on vacation. We don't want to go to sleep now. Yeah. Um, so that gets better as they get older. I see. I'm, I'm the, you're, I'd rather take a meeting at six 30 in the morning than like seven o'clock at like, I am an early bird too. So I, yeah. I feel where he's coming from <laughs> and the rest of my family is not. So most of the time around here, I'm like, it's time for bed. They're like, why? I'm like, cause I am tired yeah. and you Mom need to go it. to bed. <laughs> like, I remember when we we redid the floors in our house and they were done over a long weekend, but they weren't done over the long weekend. We came back and had to go to a local hotel and the kids were four and seven. Yeah, it was six years ago now. And we were in one room and the four-year-old went to bed at like 7.30. And I remember like, sitting in the corner of this little table, you know, with like a flashlight, like reading a book, you know, like you used to when you were kid yeah. under the covers. I mean, like, okay, you know, yeah. your brother's going to sleep now and, and doing that. Yeah. Traveling like that is, is not great. And no. it's, it's, it's a different experience. We've been pretty, we've been pretty consistent about, okay. We've been stubborn about <laughs> Staying in one room because the jump from the two queen bedroom to the room with the pullout sofa or a second ensuite type of room, the, the jump in price is just so dramatic that when we're really trying to travel on a budget, it was a deal breaker. So we're like, we're, we're just going to, you know, invest as little as possible in the room, which now we've learned in hindsight after many, many, many experiences, like enough is enough. It's kind of like the thing you use every day. Like if you drink coffee every day, buy good coffee. Don't don't cheat yourself on that, right? The room is one of those things that I would I would say is worth if you have to stay in a hotel and you can't have an Airbnb or you can't have a, a place that's you know separate from public lodging. If you have to stay in a hotel room, investing in a comfortable space could make the vacation and the trip so much more pleasant. Yeah, we we know that we do the whole two adults, two children reservation. Mm -hmm. And when our youngest was really little, she's she I'm a, I'm a very tall person, but my littlest is very petite for some reason. So I'd be like, just you're two, you're three, whatever, whatever that like free child was. I was like, uh -huh. they ask. And then I was like, we can't do that anymore. She's she's talking up a storm and she's gonna be like, I'm five years old. There's no way like there's uh, we weren't going to be able to fool anybody. But she was going to be the free kid. So we just stopped listing the third child and say, you know, can we have a cot or we would bring a pack and play way longer than she should have been in a pack and play, yeah. that kind of thing. An air mattress, if we thought we could squeeze it in, all those kinds of creative things. And that always worked for us. We always managed. It wasn't the most comfortable. We kind of joked about who's going to pair up in the, in the bed on, you know, the side tonight, who's going to sleep with mommy, who's going to, you know, uh, who kicks at night, all of that <laughs> stuff, all those different variations that you think about when playing musical beds in that situation. Um, and surprisingly, the cot 
sometimes is the thing that gets fought over, which surprises Always. me, but, Always. but it's like the special bed. I'm like, you have it. So the thing is it worked for us every time until the one time when it didn't. And we took our kids to Disney World and we stayed outside Disney Springs. I don't even want to say the name of the hotel because I don't want to say the wrong name and then like bash this poor hotel chain unnecessarily. We called and asked, can we get a cot? And they said, yes, you can. And we said, okay, because your rooms are two full beds. Can we get a cot? And they said, yes, you can. We're like, okay. And we arrived and they said, no, we don't do cots. So we have five people, two tall adults, two big, two big boys and a little girl and two full beds. And it was absolutely the biggest mistake. We should have turned around and left. We should have left and found another place to stay because trying to sleep with an adult and a child. And then we had an adult and a child. And then I slept curled at the foot of the bed, like a smile, like trying to, because I didn't want to kick a kid off the bed, right? So I was like, you guys sleep up here next to each other and I'm going to like curl around. My husband offered to sleep on the floor. You are not over my dead body. Are you lying on a hotel floor? No, in like muggy Florida weather. Mm -mm. No, no. So, you know, I've learned the lesson that the investment in where we stay is really important. And so last year, I want to say it was November. We told our kids, we're going to your favorite hotel on the Cape, but this time we're getting a big room. We decide like, we're going to go. It's going to have a loft. We're so excited. My husband and I were feeling like we were like, you know, big shots because we're getting the big room. You know, we were so excited. And then COVID hit Oh. and we canceled that trip. Mm-hmm. So we haven't yet to actually give ourselves the permission to have a comfortable stay, except when we travel with the Chazeres, <laughs> which, because, you know, when you, when you travel with another family, I mean, Amy, you're amazing at making plans, finding great places, but you found us places with massive amounts of space. And honestly, that's one of the reasons that Brett and I realized that there were more choices that we should be considering because we travel and sleep so well. And we're so much more comfortable when there is sufficient space. It's so worth it. Yeah. My kids, especially after a year of being together all the time, like yeah. we're all just so tired of each other. And yeah. so being in small enclosed spaces is not good. So our last, even that, even that tiny jump from the one room that was, we were crammed into the room with the little extra sitting area. Like we just, everybody had room for their stuff. And then going to Colorado, the, the condos, the villas out there, we were used to, when we've gone, we've, so we've stayed three times at a Sheraton property in Florida near Disney. Um, it's right in between Disney and Universal. And there it's like, a, it's an apartment. So you walk in and you've got, you know, your kitchen, dining room, living room with two bedrooms off to the side. This property in Colorado, it was a single one bedroom and a single one bedroom with an adjoining door. Uh, so it was better because we had two living rooms, two separate like little kitchenettes. And of course we, we did all of our eating where, where we say like, and we took the bigger of the two because of course we did. We're the grownups and we're paying for this trip. Um, so we had like the bigger space, but it was wonderful because they would come back from skiing and it's not only like that they had a bedroom to go to, they had a whole other apartment to go to. And I did not have to look at their mess. And I'm at the point in my life as a mom right now with two teenage boys and one who's a woman into his tween years. I you know, have given up on a lot of housekeeping. Well, not, not housekeeping, but like in their rooms, like you, you need to, I, I, all I ask them is to make your bed and just don't leave clothes on the floor. I don't open closets and I don't open drawers anymore. And so the nice thing was like, we would go skiing and I like it neat. 
and they would leave and I would straighten up my space and then I would just close the adjoining door and I didn't have to look at their room with all of their stuff all over. But it was really nice to be able to spread out and, you know, we'll see how it goes next year. Um, you know, now that they're getting older, it's definitely easier to travel as a single adult with children when they're older. Before this year, maybe last year, but before this year, we never would have tried Seth taking them on all these ski trips without me because they're a lot, you know, again, they're, they're fighting all the time because we're also just so tired of being together, but it's a lot for him to handle. But this year, just circumstances made it necessary. But, you know, going forward next year, we know, you know, he can do it and, and they ha they help, they help unload and load the car and everything. And um, it's, it's, it's easier for them to travel without me because of the space thing. And when I do want to go, like, we know we're going to, we'll spring for the extra. If we don't have more, you know, free Marriott nights or points, you know, sometimes we'll use points and then we'll just pay for an upgrade, which saves. So it's, we're very happy to have, you know, that bank of points to draw on. And our vacation ownership allows us to also access um, some discount, you know, weeks and nights and stays at places too. And so we, yeah, we, we're also at the point in our lives, like, you know, we're in our mid forties, you know, we're, we're pretty, you know, we're, we're 20 years into our careers now. And, and, you know, we were like, we earn, we've earned this. Yep. We've earned the ability to spend a little bit more on certain things. So and that's one of the things that we've decided. Yes, you're right. You want to spend a little more sometimes because that comfort level just makes everything else so much more enjoyable when you can give them their space and say, okay, guys, we'll see you in an hour. Give us a break now. Ginny, then come back. Kathleen and I have done, uh, you know, segments, you know, better family travel tips or ask better family travel. And I think you were really, if you'd be willing to share with our better family travelers, how you came about, you know, I, I bet you there's a lot of people out there wondering, like, how does they've gotten those offers like, hey, for $200, you can come for three nights. And that's where you and I really first started talking yeah. because I was on one of those excursions because we had a family of five and I'm like, mm -hmm. I can see sit through something and I have three children I can say no um so yes I will take a great room for $400 for three nights like yeah. so uh, you want to talk a little bit about the your experience into um sure ownership yeah we one of our closest friends was at Starwood she's a legal department at Starwood and we traveled and stayed at Starwood properties for years through their internal friends and family program. And then when they started a formal friends and family program, we were one of the first to sign up. And we got an offer in the mail. And I don't know if it was because we were in that program or if it was just some random thing. We've gotten, we did two. So we did one, we went to Cancun. I think we spent $500 for a week, maybe five nights, six days in Cancun at a Weston property. And we sat through the timeshare. And at the time we're like, yeah, this is a great thing. Sure. Let's do this. And we signed up and then we got home. We're like, that was stupid. What were we thinking? Like we were just caught up in the moment and we canceled. Our kids were, it was our fifth anniversary. Um, and we're coming up at 18 now. So it was 13 years ago. Then for the second one we got was for the Disney property and it was $250 for five nights. And, and one of these two bedroom condos and you just have to sit through the presentation and we sat through the presentation and at that point you know we had three kids our budget was very different we were like there's no way we're going to do this and we, we just stuck with that we're like nope 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 it sounds great it, the whole I mean those presentations are written really well the people who give them are you know they know what they're doing it sounded fantastic but we were like no no. And at the end of it, they said, oh, okay, well, we're really sorry, but we'd love for you, you know, try us again. Would you like to book your next vacation? The next time it'll be, it was like six or $750 for a full week. And we said, yes, we would love to do that. 
because at that point we knew the resort. Disney's fantastic. You know, we've got these three little kids. They're going to love it. My parents are only a couple hours away. They can come up and see us and stay with us or nearby and just do a couple of parks with us. So we said yes. And we did the second trip, I think just a year later. And it was great. And we had fun. And we had to sit for the presentation. And we walked in and said to them right away, we're not signing up. So let's just make this quick, okay? Because we got we want to get back to our vacation. And they went through the whole thing again at the very end. We were like, nope, sorry, we're just not doing this. And they said, okay, but you want to come back a third time? And we said, well, how much? And now this time the price went up and it was over $1,000 for a week. But at the same time, we had stayed at Disney in a VRBO and we paid like fourteen dollars or $1,500 know, for a week in a big house. It was like a five-bedroom house. My brother and his then-girlfriend came and my parents and it was, you know, but still, it was, it was everything. And this was all-inclusive. This is like seven pools and mini golf and all this other stuff. So we said, you know what? When do we have to use this by this? Do you have two years to use it? And if you sign up and you get our Marriott, or at the time it was Starwood, you know, American Express card, we'll throw in 50,000 hotel points. And if each of you does it, you each get them. And we're like, oh, you know, okay, let's, let's look at that. So we did that. And so we prepaid, we opened the American Express cards through Starwood, and we used those cards to pay for the third timeshare, you know, thing. And we waited two years because at that point we'd been to Disney two years in a row. We said, we're going to take a little break. We waited two years and we went back and we did it over Thanksgiving week in 2018. And it was delightful. My parents did come up and stayed with us for two nights um, because we had two bedrooms and we had the pull-out sofa. So we were, we were good. We gave my parents the king size bed and we slept two of uh, we slept with, with two of the kids in the two queen beds in the second bedroom, and then the last kid slept on the sofa. We had Thanksgiving there; it was wonderful. Sat through the timeshare presentation, and I went in saying, "There's no way I'm doing this. Get this over with." As they were talking, we're kind of thinking like the presentation was a little different. I think this is like the third and done. So like they're like, "We got to catch them." What sold me on it, and one of the things that you know, these things are not cheap; they're expensive. Um, but what sold me on it was they were willing to waive the down payment. And throw in, it was like 250,000 points, hotel points. And if we did their financing and then after a certain amount of payments, we get an extra free week. So we said, okay, we need to think about this. Like, well, the offer expires when you leave the room. Because of course it does. So we're like, well, then you need to give us some time. And we sat there. And again, you know, from the time we did the first one of these, and then now, you know, going through a couple of these trips, we were in a different place with our jobs financially, you know, things looked different for us. And we were like, maybe this is something we want to entertain because we had also gotten to the point with our kids where we don't want to buy them stuff. They have everything that they need. Our kids are pretty spoiled. Um, we try to make them aware of it, but you know, they have stuff. We want to take them places. We want to give them experiences. And so, and Seth especially was like, you know, I'd like to be able to travel and I'd like to be able to travel nicely. And so there are two parts to the ownership. One is we don't have a timeshare where we have to go to a certain hotel for a certain week every year. What we bought into was a point system and we get X number of points every year. And you can translate that out however you want it to be. So our trip to Colorado over spring break used all of our points for this year. But we have last year's points because COVID. So like we still have last year's points to use. So later this summer, we're hoping to take another trip. And in August, going to like a Caribbean island or something, points are cheap. Like the rooms are cheap in points. So we might actually be able to stretch our, you know, 2020 points into 
two weeks of vacation. And so that was a big deal for us. It wasn't just like we had to go to the Sheraton in Florida every year for spring break. We can go to Colorado. We can go to Lake Tahoe, which we're hoping to do next year. We can go to the Caribbean. We can go to California. And then they are part of a system where there are like 11,000 properties around the world where we can trade our timeshare, for lack of a better word, points in for hotel points. And we can go to Paris and we can go. We were actually going to use some of our points in Israel last summer for our kids bar mitzvah, which got canceled and postponed because of COVID. Um, but we're going to use some of our points in Israel in two years when we go for our younger son's bar mitzvah. So that was kind of that plus the fact that it was um, they waived the down payment. It kind of sold us. So we bought in and... Like I said, we didn't get to use our first week last year because of COVID, but they were they allowed you to bank your points, so we'll use them later on. Um, and our first trip this year, going to Colorado as an owner, you check in, and it's a resort in one building, and the villa's ownership is in the next building over. We got free parking. We got we got like a complimentary, you know, bottle of wine. We got I'm trying to think. We got priority summer. We got um, there were a few perks where we were like, oh, we didn't know we got this. Well, that's nice. And they treat you really well. And so, you know, that was, it was a nice feature. It's like, you know, traveling coach versus first class. Like this feels like the first class of staying in a hotel and it was delightful. So for a family of five to be able to now go and know that we can get a condo, basically, you know, one or two bedroom based on what we want and need. That's kind of nice. We're planning our big thing that we want to do in two years is our 20th anniversary we're going to go to Israel that summer for the bar mitzvah, but we also would like to do a combo trip to Hawaii and do two weeks out there, take the kids for the first week and then send them home to my parents and spend a week by ourselves out there. And so we're already planning like how to work our points the best way possible um, so that we can use our ownership and, and plan a trip that otherwise might have been cost prohibitive. That is amazing. We're not on video, right? So no one can see mm -hmm. me, but like 10 times my eyebrows have gone up <laughs> and my mouth and I've gone, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Like I, and you would never have known that this would work so well for your family if you hadn't yeah. stuck it out for the third time. Yeah. I mean, that's that you, you really sort of took the leap yeah. and, and then and it worked out. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it it's, it is, you know, you, it is costly. You have to pay for the ownership and then you have to pay your maintenance fees. So we're paying, but when you, you have to decide, you know, as with anything in life, you have to decide what your priority is. You know, do you want to have a small house and go on fancy vacations? Do you want to have a bigger house, but you know, and drive a smaller car. And so one of the things that we just as a couple um, have decided is that we want to, we'll spend our money on, on travel. We would like to do that as a couple. And then as if we want to be able to take our kids places, my, my husband growing up did, he did some vacations, you know, he went to Mexico with his family. They went to a couple of islands growing up for me, vacations were going to Charleston to visit my family, my cousins, which I love. And then I grew up in Florida. So to me, Disney world was like, whatever, let's go to Disney this weekend. Okay, sure. Why not? So that wasn't a big vacation. It was something we did, but I want to be able to give my kids like these trips. Like when we went to LA for my brother's wedding, like we made a vacation of it. We were there for a whole week. We did Knott's Berry Farm. We did, um, you know, studio tours and, and kids museums and stuff. And we want to be able to take them to some really fun and cool places. And of course, now that I have a family of snowboarders, that's going to be a lot of our travel destination. But through this ownership, and when we looked before we signed up, we looked to see what properties they had. And we also knew at the time that they were going to be merging with Marriott, which would like double or triple their, their properties. We looked and saw all the different resorts that there are that are ski resorts. And so 
that was a big selling point for us too, because as you mentioned, you know, skiing is, is not an inexpensive sport, especially for a family of four doing when they all doing it. So between season passes for lift tickets and then having this and the ability to go someplace, like we would never have been able to go out to Vail, you know, Avon and, and do this if we hadn't had it. So yeah, we're glad we stuck it out and, you know, we're, we're excited about it. We're at the beginning of the ownership, but I'm looking forward to a lot of really cool trips, both with and without my kids. <laughs> <laughs> something that you said reminded me of um, something my daughter's karate instructor posted on Facebook today was a meme. And I don't know whether Bruce Lee actually said this or not, um, but I had to look it up because what you said, like this happened today, uh, instead of buying your children all the things you never had, you should teach them all the things you were never taught because material wears that. out, but knowledge stays. And you're right. You, you want to give your kids the travel experiences that are different and more expansive than what you had. I would love to teach my children the things I was never taught and show yeah. them the things I didn't get to see. You yeah. know, I mean, growing up, I never wanted for anything. Like we had, you know, the fun gadgets as they came out. We had a computer, you know, I got a laptop. I got a car when I was 16. And again, and then I got, I got my, my dad's old car. But then when I graduated from high school, I got a brand new car to go off to college with. So like, I wasn't wanting for anything. Um, but my parents, like that, our focus was not on travel and that's okay. And, and I, I had a fantastic childhood. I'm super close with my parents. They just flew in today. They're staying for a couple of weeks and, and then they, they live part-time with us now. So they're wonderful. But, you know, for, for Seth and I, that's kind of what we want to do. And we really, I'm looking forward to introducing my kids as they get older now, like we're coming to the point where, you know, within a couple of years, like we do, we're going to Israel in two years. And then after that, I would like to take them to, to Europe. I'd like to introduce them to other cultures and I'd like to, to see other cultures myself and experience things um, because I think that will just make them different, better, not better, but, you know, like that'll just give them a more worldly experience. And as they grow up and become adults, I think they'll have a more appreciation, hopefully, especially for where we live. Like, I mean, I live in, you know, suburban New York City, so we're, we're a big melting pot here and they get to see a lot of really cool stuff. And um, even just taking them into New York City to see the things that we have right here is is really cool. And so we want them to, yeah, experience stuff and look back on their childhood and say, remember that trip? Remember when we went there and we did that? And that's a really cool thing to be able to do. And I love that quote. I'm going to go look that up probably in like print it out and stick it on a mirror somewhere. I'm going to post it on our Better Family oh, Travel awesome. Facebook group because it really resonates with what we are talking about in our mindset. Yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And I, I do just want to reiterate what you said. You know, yes, the three of us, all that family of five is hard, but with a little creativity and some, you know, some thought, like just thinking outside the box, there are ways to do it. And the reality is, we all make trade-offs, right? That's not the part that we post on Facebook necessarily that, <laughs> you know, I know my family makes the trade-offs. I'm driving a, you know, we drive a 2008 and a 2012 minivan. And so that we can do other things because we choose not to put it into the cars right now. You know, so when we talk about going on some of these trips, you also see like, you know, I was looking, I brought my daughter to softball, like the rust on the bottom. I'm like, well, that's yeah. not going to last much longer. <laughs> but, but that's, but I think giving people the appreciation that, you know, you can do, you know, and we all have different budgets, of course, but that no matter what your budget is for the most of us, almost all of us, there is some trade-off and, you know, you choose one thing over another thing and that's okay. And, you know, we, we, we see parts of other people's lives, but we don't see that choice part. And I think talking about it is also helpful for people wondering, like, how can I do it too? Yeah. I mean, even like we, we've been, we were saying too, you know, we'll, we'll go on vacation, but breakfast and lunch is in the room. 
We're not taking you out to breakfast every day. I'm not taking you out to lunch every day. My kids do not eat food at the lodge when they go skiing. They eat the chicken wrap that mom packed and a bag of carrots. Yep. Yeah. And so that's also something that, you know, we try to teach our kids to be economical and yep. to, and to, yeah, like it's, it is a trade-off and you do have to, to decide which kind of lane do you want to go in. And so, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a way to do it and you just get creative. But as parents, we always have to be creative Yep. and, um, and we make it happen for our kids. Cause that's what we, we want to, we want to see the smiles on their faces at the end of the day. Oh, well, I can't top that. Janine, thank you <laughs> so much for joining us. Kathleen, thank do you, you want to, yeah, it, this has been great. Kathleen, do you want to take us out? Sure thing. Thanks, Janine. It was really, really great to talk thank to you. you today. Better Family Travel is made possible by the amazing folks from CMG Podcast Network. Check out their list of unique podcasts and production services that are ever growing over at clovercrestmedia.com. Thank you for leaving us feedback wherever you're downloading Better Family Travel. Join our community on Facebook to stay current on our topics and resources and look for that saying that I'm going to post after this and look out for more information. Don't forget to submit your questions to askbft at betterfamilytravel.com.